it's so weird that you're here again. I am here again. Hmm. Just for the day. Kyle is in the Boston office. It was like an annual summit of planning. Marketing, of, of planning. Planning. Yes. A planning summit. Mm-hmm. It was our yearly planning. So last time I was here was summit. The time before that, we didn't get to record. No, I didn't even see you. Yeah. Where was I? I don't think I came into the office. But we, yeah, we do yearly planning, set yearly goals, all the fun stuff yesterday. And then today, I mean, you have been doing design stuff. Yeah, some hiring stuff, working on our process. Mm-hmm. That's been so nice to work with you in person. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> needed. I, we, we had a couple conversations over the internet, but doing things in person. Same thing happened, like, I was was basically like mulling through, we have a new office. I'm mulling through all of the things that need to be done. And me and Don, the managing director, just sat in a room and like, there's something magical about a whiteboard to like mm-hmm. help people think through things. And I think we did the same thing. It's just like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and just map it all out. Well, we've been talking about this for so long. And it was amazing to get to have like hours together where we can do it. It's just kind of like. It didn't even take us hours. <laughs> I know, but we have them. I'm excited to get back into it after we talk to all of our listeners. Hello, listeners. What was that? Oh, this, cool. It's Tom eating pizza. Yeah. Tom is here eating pizza, looking at us. And he's like probably wondering now I get to watch them do this and. <laughs> I feel like Does also what we, I hear real? We, we jumped right into like design talk. What are... Just because you're... I don't know, because like, you're here, Because we're still thinking about that. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that Trello board that we made that it took me a, a minute to get the background right. <laughs> Should we talk about how to get the background right on Trello boards? Yeah, I think th- I think so. I, you know, eventually I went with the solid color, mm-hmm. but before that I was considering the puffin yeah with the mouth open with the mouth that was distracting yeah so the puffin no and then the next thing was the there's a lot of landscapes i picked one and then i said jackie like get it together and then i picked the mustard solid color and it's not distracting so i highly recommend solid colored trello board unless you have a trello board that has like a theme like space exploration and then Mm -hmm. you should use the space space background but only if you're a Trello Gold user, which I still don't understand. I don't understand that either. I think I am one. <laughs> I think I keep being one. They keep telling me that I yeah. am. Like, they keep upgrading me. I don't know how I win, like <laughs> without even participating. But they keep giving me like a crown. Like it's like Zappos. <laughs> oh my God, Squad Goals. Squad Goals. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. My. <laughs> Who designed that? I don't know. I pulled it off of Google Images. So that's that's a good theme. Tom just showed us nice. the marketing. The tentative one is cool. It has oh, yeah. the tentative it has a logo. album art behind it. Album art. We have an album? No, this is cover art. Cover art. We should make an album, Kyle. We can make a, a bike shed album once. A, oh, it's a playlist. Really? Yeah. What was on the playlist? All kinds of bike, t- bike. songs. <laughs> bike songs? Yeah. Oh, like Bike Queen? Yeah, that's on there. What other bike songs are there? Wait, let's think. I want a tentative cassette. Can we put our podcast on a cassette? Oh, yeah. That would really reach that fringe group that we're trying to reach. Do you know what's cool now? No. Again, records. So cassettes oh, yeah. cassettes will come back oh, into cute. style. They do. They, they already do. I mean, 
in the Brooklyn music scene, people were using cassettes because they're so cheap to make and so easy to, but no one, but, and it's also like, they're so cheap to make and now you have a physical representation mm-hmm. that you can give to someone instead of like a download code. Yeah, It's not a record because those are really bulky and expensive. So the cassette was like, and CDs suck. They, I'm sorry, but they do. They're very different. Even though they're more practical than a cassette, it's like still a CD, you know? Cassette is like different. I think you just have more nostalgia for the cassette than the I don't, CD. I don't like cassettes. I mean, I don't even use them. How do I even play them anymore? I have nothing. I don't know. I don't have anything. It's kind of like all of my very original, like in high school design work is on a zip disk. A zip disk? A zip disk. And I will never. Not a floppy disk? Not a floppy. This is like a floppy, but like bigger. Wow. And yeah. Like the iPad of floppy disks. Pretty much. I, I don't think that artwork, the design work is ever, ever coming <laughs> off that. You couldn't, even if you tried to get it off. Maybe of those will come back into style, and our, our MacBook Pros will have a, a zip disk drive in them again. Yeah. Good old five megabyte MacBook Pro. Yeah. The installation alone will eat, eat that away. <laughs> so then, really, you're just walking around with an empty computer with a shell. I don't shell. think you can install Mac OS with five megabytes. <laughs> No. I think MacOS is at least a game. So it's just a hunk of metal that like, glows, <laughs> which is basically my computer at home because it was fried by a latte. I like, poured yeah. it on it by accident, thinking it was a garbage. Just kidding. It's not. It's a really nice machine. It would be a, a nice paperweight. It's, very, it's a very good paperweight. Should we talk about our design hiring and what the conclusions we came to? Yeah. And just tell everyone so like when they apply, they know. Yeah. I mean, if they listen to Tentative, they, they, they're, already. they're already, like, basically hired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone did say that. They're like, oh, I heard Tentative. I'm like, you're hired. Hmm. That's a prerequisite, actually. Number one, the first screen is, do they, are they a listener? Yeah. We should add that to the screening question. Yes. So <laughs> the job is posted on our website, and people have to fill out screening questions, put in their portfolio... We do a blind review of that application. And, and what they, is a blind review? We essentially strip all personal information from their application and then review it, hopefully removing as much bias as possible. So that's like name, we ship name, their name. gender, mm-hmm. any self-identifying information. Some schooling, I think, too. Because there's years, and like that can also mm-hmm. be a tell. So we do lots of lots of magic to it before it gets to us. And then they do a non-technical call, which mm-hmm. is about 45 minutes. And that's more of a making sure they fit our values, that they've had some experience with web or mobile framework, designing for that. And then we do a portfolio review, an app critique, and then we have them in the office. Mm-hmm. So is the issue that we're trying to solve is we're duplicating a lot of things that we were trying to evaluate for. So we were evaluating for the same thing, multiple steps. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really long process. Yeah. And we also weren't doing a great job of evaluating until they got to the office interview whether they could able to like do the design implementation part of the designer position at ThoughtBot. 
And the nature of those those steps were actually kind of losing people because they'd get offers elsewhere. And that's mm-hmm. always a risk. I mean, that's going to happen no matter what you do. But just the fact that we had an extra step in there, we wanted to kind of, well, we're not being efficient with what we're doing. So let's yeah. consolidate. So the hope is now that we'll, we'll be able to detect earlier whether they have the implementation skill set that, that we're looking for and test that along the way. Make sure that they're not getting you know nearly as far along in the hiring process if they don't have that skill set. Mm-hmm. Removing some of the duplication, some of the inefficiency, and, and, and essentially removing that portfolio review step. Down with portfolio review. Down with the portfolio. And we're, we're doing that in favor of more active collaboration mm-hmm. within all these steps. Yeah. So pairing, code pairing, you know, the app critique is still the very highly collaborative where they pick an app that has a broad demographic, like the Facebooks of the world, LinkedIn, et cetera. And that's a really great way to kind of see how they think about product mm-hmm. and not only the app in front of them, but also how it exists in its competitive landscape. And then just kind of finally like bringing them in and having them take us through a design sprint, essentially. Yeah, for a single day. For a day. <laughs> so. One of the things that I didn't say that, that I like about that is we're, we're putting a lot more emphasis on what they can do now and instead of what they've done in the past. Yeah. Which is, I think, really nice. It does put some pressure on the candidates to, like, demonstrate that they have those skills without relying on past work. Right. Because when you're going into a client meeting, like, you're not also bringing your portfolio with you and proving to them that... You don't do that? <laughs> God, should I hope I, not. Should Yikes. I have not been doing that? <laughs> yeah, you bring a briefcase. My briefcase portfolio. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're bringing your your skills with you, not your past work in a way. So I think we can do a better job at evaluating their skills than just showing a portfolio. I want someone to come in with an actual physical portfolio. I made one in college. Like they had us make like a physical portfolio. And I was like, I'm never going to use this. And I was right. (laughs) Did you print out stuff and put on your flappy drive? Yeah, I printed out websites. And put it wow, like tacked into on a, a map book. board. Yeah. yeah, I think I, that's that's cool. I like that. Actually, someone sent us. They printed out screens of a iOS app and sent them to us, which I thought was interesting. Like mailed it. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. It was. Yeah, I don't know why. Like that's cool, but also like pretty inefficient. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the, the biggest issue I have with that is it like <laughs> makes more work on puts more work on me. Yeah, that should be a requirement in the interview process. <laughs> to put more work on me? No, <laughs> no extra work. No, just kidding. It's a lot of work. Hiring is tough. Yeah, and we're also being mindful of how much time we are asking our our designers to be a part of it. So that was a big right. discussion that Kyle and I had to of like how do we make the office visit flexible where someone is not required to be in it all day because we have other stuff to do as well like mm-hmm. on our investment time is it's precious too but yeah. we're hoping that the steps leading up to the office visit will be robust enough that we wouldn't have to do office visits that weren't get yeah. them to be like 99% sure i think for both us uh, the designers here who are going to be in those interviews but also for the candidate themselves like i don't I don't want them to be wasting their time as well. 
So yeah, I think that might have been the biggest driver to like rethinking through everything is just continuing. And that's been, I think, an issue for a while is like we've gotten people to an office visit that probably shouldn't have gotten there. And, mm-hmm. and we weren't being very, I guess, selective enough up until that point. Yeah, that was kind of the impetus, too, that really drove me to start making some changes was just because of that. You know, and office visits are, it's a lot of time spent. So getting to the point where then, oh, wait, they can't code at all. It's like, wait, well, how do we should have checked for that? I mean, well, so what are we doing then? Like, mm-hmm. if we're not check, like, checking for that. So I'm really excited about these new changes that we're going to make. I think they, it seems pretty lean, you yeah. know, and like really efficient. So we'll see how it goes, but we got to just start somewhere. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that, that we were thinking about you know, take home stuff. But Mm -hmm. I think the answer there was like, you specifically wanted to see their thought process or hear their thought process. Yeah. But I also think it's, it's worthwhile to be cognizant of their time Mm -hmm. then too, just making sure that, that we're utilizing our time and their time as like the candidate's time as, as much as possible. Right. As best as possible. And it's just, we're trying to make it more like a real world scenario. Mm -hmm. Like, the take-home assignment stuff, just giving someone an email prompt and then having them kind of go go wild, like, by themselves. Like, that's, that's just, like, never really – that never happens here. Like, we're on teams. Like, we hear things. We, like, talk about it together. We, like, brainstorm. We collaborate. So it's just – it just doesn't also really jive with what, how we do work. Mm-hmm. But definitely wanting want to be mindful of their time. For sure. And we, we also, we have a sustainable, like, you know, we have a work-life balance is like really important to us. So yeah. we wouldn't ask anyone here to spend time on an assignment after working hours. So this doesn't really line up with our, with our values. Mm-hmm. We should talk about why, like why implementation is important to us in a designer. In a designer? Yeah. Why do you think implementation is important in a designer? Well, we always push for tight feedback loops to start, and we having a designer who can implement their code, it just really quickens that process. But also the designer is creating their designs. They have a really solid understanding about how they work. I carry these principles not just like for web, but for everything. And so that's why I call it design implementation is because code is a fuzzy word for me. Like it means different things to different people. But yeah, it's it's getting closer to the thing that we're designing. So being able to manipulate the website as opposed to pictures of a website, I think is really, really important because you're actually molding the clay, so to speak. (laughs) You're using the tools that are going to be the final output. And you're better at communicating your design and even knowing what, what, what's possible or what's, not that it's not possible, but like what would take more effort to implement right. than something else, you know? And then you have a better understanding of those little user delight moments, those hover states, those things that pop open, those things that kind of move from like either left or the right. Like you can talk to your client about that too and just with confidence because you know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, well, maybe we have to ask, though, like the developer to see if that's possible or whatever. But like that conversation is just cut in half because, you know, yeah, you know, it's also important that a lot of our projects are really early on and being able to be flexible as a team. You know, our designers do a lot and being able to like we talked a lot about today, 
our designers need to know when to use the right tool for the job to get them there fastest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that tool might be like a research thing, or sometimes it might be HTML and CSS. But when we're working on projects really early on and like either validating or specifically invalidating features or whole products, like we need to be able to adjust pretty quickly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so having more of a general knowledge of everything you know, I think enables us, both the designers and the developers here at ThoughtBot, like the developers participate just as much in the design sprints. Like we have developers that facilitate those. I rely on the developers here to help out with the user experience, help out with making sure that we're building the best thing possible in the shortest amount of time. And so they're, they're doing a very wide range of things too. So it's not not just the designers that, that we're relying on to, mm -hmm. to, to be generalists. Having an early on product is where having those generalists, I think, is really important. And potentially, like, as you mature that product is when you might want more specialization in terms of, like, having a specific user researcher and having a front-end developer who might own HTML and CSS and JavaScript. Yeah. And that design system. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And so, like, a lot of the projects we're working on are early on. And, and having that flexibility to be able to jump into whatever it is and, and for the designers to be able to, to really take the research that they're doing and understand it and process it and be able to, to execute on it right away is, is important. Definitely. It also it comes with a a consistency in your design in general. For me, like the faster I can get out of sketch and into the code, my design is just so much better. Like the process is faster, it's easier, it's more coherent. You know, I'm not designing elements that were in a sketch file that I made maybe like two weeks ago that I forgot <laughs> that I, oh, I have a table for that. Or like, you're way closer to what you're mm -hmm. doing. And right now, you know, I'm advising on a project and we're doing visual design, you know, first to get some, just like a look and feel down. That's all we're doing is just like look and feel. We have like one page that we designed and now they're like, okay, go, go for it. And now we can take that one page and now go into the code and just start applying it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And just telling the client too, like, this is not set in stone. Like, it's really easy to change a background color. So if you're not wild about this one right now, <laughs> as long as you're cool with the skeleton of how the page is set up and the structure, Everything else, we can kind of turn the dials together and you can sit next to us and, and do that. Yeah. You know, we talked about different designers having different tools and different processes. Processes. Mm -hmm. I'll typically jump into HTML and CSS right away. And for me, the most important thing is getting the user experience right. And for web, just being in a browser, like, I, can't, I can't replace that with Sketch. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll wireframe as much as possible with HTML and CSS and then go back to Sketch and like understand the components that I need to design for and, and start to have a better idea of the system that's going to need to be in place and start to do visual design after I feel really confident about the features are going to be solving the right problems and the user experience is at least close to what I think it should be. Mm -hmm. I, I used to jump into HTML way quicker a few years ago, but then have since jumped into Sketch first to just kind of lay out some stuff. Because I think, like, for me, 
getting the code base set up, getting everything. That was kind of like my way of procrastinating designing because <laughs> I'd get everything set up and then get, it just took me a, a second. You know, it's not immediate, like opening up yeah. sketch and then starting to throw boxes on a page or whatever. But I think that's interesting. That was a shift for me personally. I mean, I used to work at a job where no, no UX, no one coded, only the developers coded. So when I came to that job as a UX designer with a front-end development, as a developer, pretty much for like three years. So this was my first design job. And I was like, I need to work in code because that's what I've been used to for years. And I just started prototyping everything in HTML and CSS. <laughs> the client really liked that. And then that kind of, oops. <laughs> You've set the expectation for all of the other designers. Yeah, yeah. One was like, I'm old. I don't want to learn any of this. Uh... But they're like, I honestly like don't want to learn this at all. <laughs> like, I'll try, but like I have no interest. That's their prerogative, though. They don't have to. For me, it was just the fastest way to work because it was either that or like Axure which was so much overkill. You didn't want to do that? <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> you don't bring your portfolio into, <laughs> into a client meeting? <laughs> that was so much slower than actually creating it. And then I was able to show clients what it would actually look like. But mm -hmm. then my company was kind of like, the client, there's that confusion of like, they think it's done. Yeah. Which we just ran into with the last project, which, you know, showing them static design. From now on, I'm going to always have a, a big bright red banner across the top of like a static design that looks that looks finished, mm -hmm. but just be like, this is not. This is not done. This is not real. <laughs> You're in a dream. It's really just kind of like mess with them. Yeah. <laughs> That is one of the things when, when I'm having like people test user experience when it's just static HTML and CSS, they think it's a working app. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nope, that's not going to save. Don't worry. <laughs> These forms are not working. Right. A lot of repetitive, like, this isn't a thing yet. Yeah. I was just talking a lot about that. I was just a guest on the user interviews Ooh, a plug user <laughs> interviews which is a company you know they actually help you schedule user interviews so you you sign up you answer a couple of like for your cohort you answer some demographic questions and then they just kind of go off and they you tell them what's what slots you have available and they just let, let the software do the work and they just find people and they sign up so it's like really amazing we use it here at thoughtbot but they just started a user research podcast and i was on it yesterday for their pilot episode with a guest. I mean, they already had an episode, but we talked a lot about that, about people kind of getting stuck on things like prototypes, yeah. and like fake data, and just kind of ways to kind of go around that. It's just interesting because sometimes when you're talking to people and showing them a prototype, they don't really know what you're, what they're even looking at because everything, they don't necessarily understand what goes into all that stuff that they're looking at on the computer, on their phones, and like this looks like any other thing that they that works. So why doesn't this work? You know, yeah. it's just interesting to like have, having to tell people like this is not real, <laughs> this doesn't work, <laughs> it's not supposed to work. I've always just, I guess, maybe accepted the fact that I'm just going to have to say that over and over again. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's just part of being in a user interview when you're 
you know, having them go through a prototype that is either static mock-ups or mm-hmm. static HTML or, or even sketches. Like, yeah, I've actually found that that's the hardest thing to get people to wrap their heads around is, mm-hmm. is like, have you ever done like paper prototypes? Yeah. I think that is so far removed from the thing that they can't make the connection mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So I only use paper prototypes in certain situations where I know the audience is going to be receptive to that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's good to know, too, that you can do all these things without actually building something. Yeah. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And just like showing a fake thing, you don't have to build the infrastructure. Just you're just testing an idea. Right. Which is so nice. Do you use card sorting at all? Like, have you ever used stuff like that? Not in an interview. I use card sorting when we're doing the design sprint mm-hmm. uh, as a group. I've never done card sorting in an interview. I, yeah. I think uh, maybe I'm wrong on this, but like the where that would come in really well is like to have a really complex information architecture problem, mm-hmm. and for them to be able to kind of think through where they would put things. Yeah. Well, I, I used it before. It was from the request of the client. They wanted to, I think they probably saw it and they like wanted to use it. <laughs> but gladly, sure, like anything, let's try it, you know. And I, I forgot exactly how we how we used it. There was, there was some nav element stuff, like the information mm-hmm. architecture stuff. But I think some, too, were kind of like hand answer Like the products were on, like each product was on a on a card and you kind of had to like pick the products that, I don't know. It was It was interesting. It was kind of like a game kind of a thing, but... It was kind of annoying to capture, <laughs> you know, because we didn't have a video going and it was a matter of either taking notes or recording it audio. And like there was a lot going on where they were like, well, this one is this. And like if you're listening <laughs> back, you're like, I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. You got to get an overhead camera. Boom, Mike. <laughs> Should get Tom. Just get a whole setup. Tom, we have an idea for you. I mean, we used to have to do that. When we were trying to record mobile, now you can easily like mirror the screen. They have apps that'll like record the screen, mm-hmm. or, or, or iOS has a screen recording built in. So like, there's m- so many ways now. But I remember being like, "How are we going to record someone on their phone?" I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> we used to have like a, like a video camera, a video to ca- point yeah. at on a tripod or something. And do they have to like keep the phone on the table? Yeah, it's so natural. <laughs> you don't browse your phone lying flat on the with a camera, just with a like camera. over your like shoulder, yeah. peering onto your. <laughs> it makes us so much more evident. So annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you would do just for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like what we do when we tell the client, like, we only want to have two people in the room with the user. But if you want to watch, you totally can, like, just join the Hangout. Mm -hmm. And we have a Hangout running in the interview. Yeah. But I do tell them, like, please make sure your camera's off and your mic is off because that's so, that'd be so weird to just have people, like, you don't know who they are and they're just breathing, like, watching you. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Oh, I have a question, <laughs> you know. Can you click on that? Yeah, wouldn't it be great? You should click on that one. Right. <laughs> no. Psst, psst. Yeah. Click on, click on, no. Over no. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing in my head the entire time that they're going through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. 
Yes, you did it. <laughs> I love doing usability stuff. Because I don't give them any, I just give them the app and just, I'm like, okay, now walk me through it. Yeah. And then just every now and then I'll ask, like, what do you, well, before you click on that, what do you think is going to happen? Like on some of the problem areas that we're really trying to like dig into. Mm-hmm. I love when people just talk. Yeah. <laughs> like having them just, just kind of rattle off what they're thinking. It's It's so much harder to have people that don't really talk. They're like essentially like doing what they would normally do, which is like go through the website without speaking or like mm-hmm. saying what they're looking at. So like a lot of what I'll do during usability tests is like, oh, what are you looking at? Yeah. Oh, wh- what are you thinking about? Yeah. And I love saying that. You're like, what are you thinking about right now? <laughs> Some of it is also just like embracing the quiet mm-hmm. and waiting for them. I love like the first few things are like, am I allowed to do this? Can I, am oh, I allowed yeah. to? It's I'm like, like, I don't know. Can you? Let's see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, eh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not allowed to do anything here. Yeah, I'll shock them. <laughs> I usually tell them in, in the intro, at the end of it, I end with, and I'm going to ask you why about like 100,000 times. <laughs> That's good. I have to tell them that because I do. I say why after like almost everything they say. And it can be really annoying. Mm-hmm. So I have to prepare them that I might be kind of annoying just asking you why all the time. I, I do say <laughs> that in a just like a more formal way of like, oh, I'm going to ask you while you're going through it to just say what you're thinking and what you're looking at. Yeah. I say like a hundred billion. I like throw out a number. hundred billion. We ask you why like a hundred billion times. So just humor me. Why? Yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> like in a child voice. It's so weird. I probably wouldn't do that. Maybe we should wrap and should we? go do some work. More work. More work. I, I'm just looking at the clapper over there. I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't grab it. I'll get it for you. No, no, don't. Too late. That's a wrap. Awesome. Show notes can be found at tentative.fm slash 62. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm. All one word. All one word. All uppercase. Scattered case. <laughs> Scattered case. <laughs> you can email us at hosts at tentative.fm and rate us on iTunes. Five yeah. stars, please. Nothing less, nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> the maximum cool. amount of stars. Maximum. And thank you. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Yeah, I guess. Oh, great. <laughs> now I have no more listeners. They're like, ah, Kyle didn't even thank us. <laughs> thank you for listening. We I'm sorry. It. Now he's apologetic. Make up your mind. Mm. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, New York, London, Austin, and Raleigh, let's build something great together.